Welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and we're broadcasting from the annual meeting of the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. This segment focuses on the topic of success and specifically how businesses struggle sometimes with the dynamic of their historic success drivers being the foundation of their future challenges and failures. In other words, past success is not always a dictator of future success. With us today to talk about this is Bill Levesay. He's Chief Customer Officer at Bolt House Farms in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Bill. We are glad to have you with us. Thank you, Alicia. Great to be here. So in this conference, you are presenting with a great uh, topic title called The Gravity yeah. of Success. Let's talk about that. Well, the title, I'll t- completely start there, is absolutely stolen, and he knows it. Gary Kasparov, the chess champion, um, gave a speech and used that phrase to describe this idea that the first of his 13 global chess championships wasn't the hardest. It was the fourth or fifth, where people, the market, his competition, had a chance to watch him and learn from it and see how to compete. And it was a huge light bulb moment for me when I realized that's exactly the story I've seen throughout my entire 30-year business career, touching many, many long businesses, many very successful businesses that have struggled with the things that made them great were actually the things that got in their way of being great in the future. And this idea that success wasn't just a, a, a slowdown, it could be absolutely the thing that will be your challenge for the future. And so uh, we have a chance to talk about it today, and we're looking forward to it. No, it's terrific. Are you, are you seeing this across multiple industries? We're here today, obviously, in the healthcare education industry, but... Yeah, no, we are. And I'm going to tell a, the, I talk about examples in my past career. I use an example from Blockbuster, the ex-video chain. Uh, the Coca-Cola company. I spent 18 years there um, with Delta Airlines. I worked very closely with them. And even I bring it home a little bit. I'm on the board of a small cardiac monitoring firm in Florida called Medicomp, doing great but challenged by how do you find tomorrow's success and dealing with yesterday's success and how they're not always the same. Here today at the conference, you can tell in this industry, there's been a tremendous amount of change coming from lots of angles. And whether it's the Affordable Care Act, changing landscape of care, different priorities in the market, this idea of how do you find success tomorrow is everywhere. And I'm certainly an outsider. I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm a you know, 30-year sales and marketing executive. But I see the need to take action on it. And that's really the key theme today is going to be how do I realize what I need to do and take action quickly. You mentioned a couple of companies. Give, give us a, a story about Yeah. Them. Well, the first, the, the most amazing one for me is Blockbuster. Uh, I had the chance to work with them very closely, call on them. They were a customer of mine. And literally, it was only 13 years ago in 2002 when I was here in Dallas with their entire executive team celebrating a brand new contract. And they had over 9,000 stores all over the world. We had a big meal, big celebration at a big restaurant here in downtown Dallas. And it happened, just happened coincidentally, to be on the exact same day of the initial public offering of Netflix. We have the dinner, we sign the contract, everybody's happy. And then literally the final toast of the night was from one of the senior executives of Blockbuster raising their glass. Who would ever want to mail in CDs when they can go down to their local Blockbuster? Last year, January 20th of 2014, the last of the 9,000 Blockbusters closed. They're all gone. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't stop watching House of Cards and Marco Polo and Orange is the New Black. And Netflix isn't just about mailing in DVDs, but it's a whole way of streaming entertainment to American consumers wherever they want it. Now, that experience, that idea that those 9,000 stores, which seemed 12 years ago to be the reason why Blockbuster would always be great, absolutely killed them. And so when I think about that and I share that today, we talk about like what happened? What how did you how did people lose track? How did we as parties to it, how did helpers, consultants, suppliers, 
feed the problem rather than look for solutions. And Interesting. So, so that's really the center of the story today. Well, and there's disruptive changes in there, too. Not just mm. It's not just sort of the psyche of the management teams. Yeah. There's disruptive changes that they have to be open to, especially at the technology side with Netflix. Deeply. And that idea of um, you know, one of the things we talk about, and we use it as literally the closing slide today, is what's your pebble in your shoe? And the idea that when things are actually at their greatest, when you've had a record year, your biggest success, you've uh, accomplished your lifelong objectives, that's the time to be nervous. That's the time to put the pebble in your own shoe because something is going to change. Could be a technology change. Could be a marketplace change. Could be an unknown competitor that's been waiting for this moment to come and take you. This idea, you know, I'm not trying to advocate paranoia and hysteria, but the idea of how do you proactively put the pebble in your own shoe How do you look at the market and be a little freaked out all the time? How do you stay nervous when things are great? Because when things are a disaster, which ultimately happened for the Blockbuster team, they couldn't improve their way out of it fast enough because the business was going away from them faster. And ultimately, you know, 8,000 stores in the United States, hundreds in Canada, India, Thailand, UK, Italy, all over Western Europe, not a single store is open today. You know, and you just think to yourself, those were smart people. Right. And those people today are senior executives and other major companies doing great things. They weren't dummies. They, 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 you know, we all kind of blew it. And what's a little crazy in this discussion is here today is that in my career, I've had three, four, five. I keep having these moments, and I'll literally say, that's a block, it's, it's the 9,000 stores. This is a blockbuster discussion. Uh, I'm on the board of this little medical, uh, you know, the cardiac monitoring firm in Florida, Medicom. And at a board meeting in December, I, ta- I tell the story in the speech today is, I literally stood up in the middle of a discussion and said, we're talking about our 9,000 stores, and nobody had a clue of what I was doing. You know, a little idiot savant Rain Man moment. But I, we were talking about, well, what got us here is what we've got to focus on. You know, 30 years of this experience, we're not changing it tomorrow. And we were discussing this idea of telemedicine and how it's changing the landscape. And right. I bumped into a, a health, a health Point in Columbus, partnering with Cardinal Health, and then putting kiosks of telemedicine kiosks into Walgreens and CVS and testing mm-hmm. the idea that you can be face-to-face with a doc, but the doc could be in Denver and you could be right. in Philly. And all of the devices are there, and they're t- through telemetry translating this over the airwaves. And it's fantastic and really cool. And I think about all those cardiac monitors that we've placed. It's like, aren't we talking tele? Isn't this company always been about telemetry? Hasn't it always been about telemedicine? And you realize, boy, this isn't about Blockbuster or Coke or Delta. It's, it's in that board meeting today. And so that idea, I, I don't know if it's the theme of my career. It would be a little crazy. But I keep seeing the exact same story. Right. And so uh, we're certainly trying to talk about some ways around it. And you're you're counseling companies on how to change the way they see things. Do you have some steps you've developed that you kind of have takeaways for people to think about? Well, there's a few techniques we talk about, and uh, and one of them is the pebble in the shoe idea. Uh, Literally, as a closeout of one of my recent, you know, uh, national sales meetings, we had we put pebbles in everyone's shoe to kind of remind that even when things are great, you have to take a moment to make yourself crazy. We talk about this idea of a moment and the third person can change your world. And the concept of that is basically, if you think about a busy lifestyle, and you know whether it's living between live interactions or with your uh, iPhone or device, we spend a lot of time in the first person or the second person. I'm doing this. I'm hearing this from you. I'm responding to you. Boop, 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 boop. And because of technology, we are maxed out. First person, second person. First person, mm-hmm. second person. Right. At night, in the morning, doesn't matter about time zone, we are always on. Well, the idea of how do you find the way to have a moment in the third person? where you can actually step outside and watch yourself, your company, your board, your executive team. And how do you say, wow, 
we really aren't making any sense. Wow, we're talking about our 9,000 blockbuster stores. Wow, this is a, exactly the recipe of disaster because we're praising ourselves when things are great rather than being a little crazy and critical. So there's a few of those kinds of techniques or practices that we talk about today, and then we do translate it straight into the CME landscape of trying to talk about, well, what does that mean to the whole world of medical education today and how does that happen and what parts are working? And that's why with Scott and Nancy's partnership, um, it's going to be a pretty interesting discussion. Absolutely. If you're just joining us, this is Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, and we are talking about success with Bill Levesey. So, Bill, it sounds like people and companies need to always just stop step back, assess, yeah. and look at it honestly. Is there is there a fear factor, you think, in some of the folks you talk to, the fear of looking over at success and not wanting to take Completely. apart the last one? Completely. Because a, a lot of it is how we got to these places personally. Mm. So part of this discussion, and we do a little discussion about Delta, a little case story that, for that story, it's one where the things that made them successful weren't just institutional technology, it was personal. How I personally did my job got us to where we are today. And so changing it is a little bit of an indictment of, well, maybe I didn't do it all great in the past. So this idea of starting with yourself, how can I actually be in the way and how, yeah, I'm successful to this point in my career, business, life, industry, but how is that going to be reflected for tomorrow is really the discussion point. You know, we talk about the idea, and I shared this idea that there's no stasis in business. Now, there is in biology, you know, things, uh, plants can freeze and come back in the spring. Animals can hibernate and come on back. But in business, things are moving up or they are moving down. They are never staying, keeping on, keeping on. When you ask somebody, well, how's your business doing? They kind of say, well, it's kind of steady. That actually means it's on the way down (laughs) because it's not on the way up. Mm -hmm. And this concept of, boy, you need to have to be always vigilant about the idea of how do you make tomorrow better than yesterday, tomorrow better than yesterday. Because if you're doing the same things you were doing five years ago, It's unthinkable. In my experiences, and Blockbuster is a great example, it didn't just kind of go down a little bit in 10 years. It came apart. It's destroyed. There's no brand. There's no company. There's no legacy. It's gone. Yeah. And so... It's such a great example. And uh, I I imagine you run across companies uh, on a regular basis where you have to counsel them uh, to do a roadmap. Um, Does that reluctance come right from the C-suite? It's, it's probably, um, it's either hardest there um, to do it publicly because mm-hmm. you're in a very, very public role. If it's a public company, the markets will watch. Right. But, but my experience is, is, you know, and I talk about this idea of testing and failing a lot and building a culture that celebrates failure. Now think about that. We have cultures and companies and organizations that always celebrate success. What's your biggest win? Well, to be able to handle this idea of change means you have to innovate. You have to be trying new things, which means you have to be testing things, which means you have to be testing and succeeding, but testing and failing. And how do you build a culture in a a company or in an organization that celebrates the idea of, this was our worst idea from 2014, and who gets the (laughs) biggest prize, right? You don't. People, you think, oh, my gosh, you get fired. Well, no, no, that idea, that concept of how do you celebrate the moments that you tried the craziest thing that didn't work but gave you insights to take it somewhere else, that's the gig. That's interesting. And I... You know, when, in, in your presentation um, at this conference here, are you are you leave, are you hoping people walk out of the room with nuggets that can say, "I'm going to go back to my office and ask myself these three questions and put a pebble in my shoe," but I'm going to yeah. ask myself these three questions. What would those questions be? The first one is is um, what are my nine thousand stores? And this and I talk about the idea of like doing it privately to start. You don't have to make this a big pronouncement. Start with yourself and say. 
What are the things that are really driving our success today? What are my 9,000 plus blockbuster stores in my own little world? And how can that be a problem for my future? Just start there. Excellent point. Second part is what's my Netflix? So what's this weird, different competitor, marketplace change dynamic thing that I might really think is a joke or kind of ridiculous or that I want to put down with my friends privately? Why are they great? What's the greatest thing about them? Start there. Start with that. And then the last one is keep finding ways to kind of test and fail a lot, innovate a ton, but take action today. It's the, the, I think the last slide we talk about is put a pebble in your shoe and take action on it today. The idea of, well, let's wait. Oh, we'll put that in the strategic plan discussion that's coming up in Q3. Oh, we'll lay that as a priority for late 2015, early 2016. All of those need to be sounds in your head that says that's a problem. The idea that we'll put off testing and innovating and trying new things to later is part of the problem model. And so uh, we're certainly encouraging a little bit of paranoia, pebble in the shoe, but how do we take action today? How about measuring their own success? Yeah. Uh, are you seeing that in the healthcare organizations here? We are a bit, and we're certainly trying to push that farther. And, and, um, you know, and, I, and I use uh, this example a little bit from uh, uh, Coca-Cola of, of uh, your success metrics are also part of your problem. Mm-hmm. That the things you measure and you're used to measuring um, sometimes reward yourself, and it makes you think that you're handling things great. The idea of it is many industries measure their share in a certain part of the landscape. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola measures their share of carbonated soft drinks all over the world and historically has been tremendously successful. The issue is is that everyone on the world has slowing down their consumption of carbonated soft drinks, and while they might have a bigger share than ever, it's actually in decline and in challenge everywhere around the world. And so the idea of, well, what am I measuring and how can it actually show me some of the problems, not just why things are great? So what you're measuring, what, what ruler you're using, what litmus test you're assessing gets to be a pretty interesting idea. We take a little bit on that today, and maybe there's more to be done for That's sure. That's interesting. Well, as we, as we wrap up, we'll, what points of success would you like to leave with our listeners? Yeah. Well, that... that that businesses can thrive, industries can change. I think about how many examples we see in the actual need in the medical industry. Think about this industry, this world. Well, the need has never been greater for care to be greater. So the idea that you're part of it, and we're all part of it here, of how do we make tomorrow greater in terms of the care delivered in the landscape is huge. It's a noble enterprise. So it's worthy work. Now, uh, success is not inevitable. And success is not guaranteed. So my nudge is it's so important and it's so worthy. It's so much more important than some of the examples I've had in my career, which are more businessy, more traditional, that this work and it saves people's lives. And we need to kind of work on ways to make that better. And it's really important. So interesting, Bill. Thank you very much for sharing your insights. Oh, we greatly well. appreciate it. Me. Come back and see us and give us some more stories down the road. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. This series is co-produced with the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. For more information and a full library of medical broadcasts, please visit ReachMD.com. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks. Thanks.